Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and on this Monday afternoon I'm joined by Amy Canavan. Welcome to the show Amy. I was blaming you for not setting your laptop up properly but the issue was my headphones weren't plugged in so my fault. Um, First comment coming in, this is going to be a positive one hour show, of course it is. First comment coming in is from this man. The reason I brought it up is because this arrived today. Look at this. This is a picture of Paddy and his two mates, two Axom from the Ardoyne boys, all the way from Ireland. Look at that. That that has made my morning, by the way. It's a great start to the week. Paddy, you're an absolute gentleman, my friend. Thank you for all your support. Thanks, everybody, for supporting what we do. We're Celtic fans talking about Celtic for an hour a day and on match day. And let me tell you, Amy, it wasn't easy last season. Let's have a look at how far we've come. 
from last season when oh. it was all locked down and doom and gloom and the 10 was evaporating. We're chasing Eddie Howe. We fall at the last hurdle. We're presented with Ange Postacoglu and look what's happened since. Talk to us about your, your journey this season, your relationship with this side that we're watching, your relationship with the football that Ange has produced and with the man himself. There's no denying it took some time. It certainly took some time. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, go back on anything that I say. That at first there were worries. There were definite concerns. Um, but you had to give them time. We said at the time, you know, we're going to have to give them time. And my God, thank God the club did. Thank God we did. Some took longer than others. I know you always say, when did you buy into it? And I think every game when you asked me, I did change my mind. Um Betis was definitely up there because you were just starting to see things really fall into place. But yep, there, there's not really there, there's not really much left to say because I don't think you have to. You know, nobody really has to justify as to why now everything that Ange Postecoglou making Ange Postecoglou Celtic manager was you know it's totally and utterly justified. You can't nobody can can say otherwise now, um, and it, it has been. I think that's an interesting one what's your relationship with this team um, and you know I'm trying to think when was the last time that I did feel such a connection with the team because I don't know if I get called quite a lot like a, a privileged Celtic fan and you know glory hunting and because I grew up you know just constantly winning um, and I don't know if you 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 definitely enjoy that absolutely but I don't know if it was a, a perhaps a little bit diluted because I just became probably a little bit nonchalant to it and that, that's probably very much on my on myself but getting older as well but I really do feel a real connection to the Celtics <laughs> I really do 21 um I really do feel a real connection to the Celtics side and I think that's because Ange Postacoglu has the real connection you know there's nobody that's really splitting you know I think under Brendan Rodgers you could say that you know when when's he leaving I think there was a lot of folk that thought right this is just you know this is a, a stepping stone to try and get his career back on track there was always a split with Neil Lennon second time around but you know now everybody is on the Ange Postecoglou boat and I don't know the last time that I felt quite such a, a unity amongst the Celtic fans towards one manager the boat, that's interesting the Ange boat, yes it's the boat, um, I'll tell you something when you when you come into the, the, the way of supporting Celtic, so many of us, we can't remember a day when that happened because you're born into a family who all support Celtic and, and you are part of that uh, process. But when you do, you don't choose to support a winning Celtic side or a struggling Celtic side, Amy. So I never look at people that have started going to games or started showing a, a real interest in the club and the games I never think about people who have had nothing but success in any other way. I mean, they're, they're a Celtic fan, as far as I'm concerned. Um, would I have rather not had the the uh, dreary 90s? Absolutely. Don't tell me for a minute anyone enjoyed that nonsense. Sometimes I think back to it, uh, because when you have the success, you think back to the, the dark old days. The, the one moment I remember doing it, actually, was with Kevin Graham on that infamous day, uh, the second treble was wrapped up and we beat Motherwell 2 nothing in the Scottish Cup and we were in the presence of absolute greatness after the game that day because Marvin Comper was in the lounge and we couldn't get tickets for the game we ended up in a lounge we had to get uh, hospitality that day and I remember after clinching the um, 
the second treble and looking and asking Kev because I knew we had both got season tickets in the same season even though for the first time even though we didn't know each other back then and we got season tickets in 94 at Hamden again an infamous season and just pointing out where we sat and just remembering how grim it was back then we were in a period where yes Fergus McCann had ousted the old board had taken over but it, it took a while before the, the glory days came back and I remember back to that Hamden season, 94-95, under Tommy Burns, and it was a long, hard slog that season. But sometimes when we've got the success, it's good to look back on it. But at no point would I rate a Celtic fan's experience based on how much dirt they've got under their fingernails. I mean, if, if you've been lucky enough to see nothing but success, fair play to you. And I would never try and take that away from you. I think one of the biggest things is, yeah, there is... People changing narratives all the time. I come into the studio and have a look at the uh, first thing I do is have a look at the YouTube comments that are coming in, good, bad and indifferent. And often, I've noticed in the last few weeks, people are going back to when Ange was uh, appointed. Oh, this video's aged well. And I'm thinking, right, I go into the video at times and I, and, and I, I look at the way, because you and I were on one of the shows actually, Amy, back, on, back in the day. And although the headline says... Um, Will the appointment of Ange Postecoglou appease the Celtic fans? That's not a statement. It's a debate. Let's have a chat about this. We're, dis- we're disappointed at what's happened with um, Eddie Howe. We're disappointed with the previous season. Is this individual going to appease us? And at that point, for anyone who says that they knew everything about Ange Postecoglou and he was the fir- their first choice, I'm sorry, you're just rewriting history. But what that man has done has been absolutely astonishing. And one of the big things, I don't think we've spoken about this in this way, no ego. Now, you mentioned Brennan Rogers, right? And some might argue that in order to be a manager at this level, there needs to be some kind of level of ego. I'm not sure how it all works. There's a, there are specialists who, who write papers on these things, Amy. But I think Brennan Rogers had a, a massive ego, didn't he? Uh, and it turned into the battle of the egos um, between him yeah. and Peter Lowell eventually. Yeah. Neil Lennon, I think there was an, uh, a massive issue with um, the ego last season with regards to not being able to accept responsibility. It's always somebody else's issue. I've not seen an ego with Ange. I've seen a man who's got a vision and he's got, like I say in the, the tagline here, a laser focus on the job in hand. And if you go even if you just look at the 28 games in the league that we've gone unbeaten, 24 wins, four draws, Amy, to keep this side focused throughout that whole period. And I know what happened before with a few disappointing defeats, but just that that period, we have had challenges throughout that period of 28 games. Your talisman, Kyogo, gets injured. He's out for four months at the turn of the year, just as you're about to strengthen. And your main man is injured. And at that point, let's not forget, we didn't have the Yakimakis that we have now. We had somebody who had come in and hadn't really got started at that point. He had disappointed in many ways at that stage, so we didn't really have the backup. Um, and every challenge that has been put up in front of Ange Postecoglou, he has overcome it. And it's not through having this ego of, I'm the man, it's just he's coming famously on his own. He didn't need his 17 mates to come along with him and a coach. He's, he's dealt with the staff that he's got at his disposal. He's, he's dealt with many players who I think 
appear to be on the scrap heap, resurrected careers of some of them. And we'll talk about Tony Ralston today because I know it's one of your favourite subjects. It's your specialist subject in many ways. And by the way, you know, they might say, you know, this is aged well, but you did, you did shout for Ralston um, around the the, uh, John Joe Kenny period, maybe before. But I think a massive, a massive part of what I love about Ange Postacoglu, no ego. Is that something that that you you can uh, look at and, and respect? Because in the modern game, it's show business, isn't it? There's a, a real celebrity. Uh, we called a referee the other week a celebrity ref. You know what I mean? It it seems to like chew people up and and it gets under their skin. I've not seen a single bit of that with Ange Postecoglou. No, there's a huge difference between an ego and a bit of self confidence and a bit of self belief, isn't there? Um, and that's what Ange Postecoglou has in abundance. He has that belief, and he needed that because you know he, he was travelling halfway around the world into a bunch of folk who probably didn't have that belief in them um, and I think in the early days it was through listening you know, to, to Jared and that's when perceptions did start to change, I wish I listened to Jared a little bit earlier, um, probably should have appeared on his podcast a little bit sooner than what I did and I'd uh, maybe been a little bit better informed on Axon but you know it was it was a total unknown um, and it was and uh, you know I totally appreciate that you, you come on to, to platforms like this and you know trying to be a, a as a sports journalist, you've got to have a rounded knowledge. But to be honest, Japanese football knowledge isn't up to standards. Neither, neither is my, my Australian. So it wasn't where my knowledge lay, um, where Andrew Postacoglu came from. Sorry, but he had that belief when others didn't, um, and he came over, and you know, he was very ad, ad like adamant, but not in a dictative kind of tone, just in an assertive tone. And again, there's there's such a huge difference, you know, teetering over that line um, of arrogance and, and, and just a little bit of confidence. And he knew the style of play that he wanted to implement. He knew the size of the club and he knew that, you know, he knew the task that was at hand and he knew that second best would not be accepted, even in the season of all seasons, when some did say that perhaps second best was as good as Celtic were going to get. Um but, you know, he had to come into a, a barricade of calls saying that this guy will be out by, um, you know, he'll be out by Christmas and everything like that. So to come in and, and to just keep the head down and keep doing what you're doing and to have that confidence is it's remarkable, actually, that one man can have that as much as he does and, you know, absolutely full, full credit to him for, for having so. Um, but you just, listen, it was just the other day, I was flicking through videos and it was after the League Cup victory. Um and he's saying, you know, it's what we're just passing figures in, in this kind of club. And, you know, it's the fans, you know, they, they bring their children here, that their, their granddad's brought them here and, and it passes through generations. But we're just the like sliding door kind of moment. And I think even just having that level of humility, really, that, you know, I'm not the be all and end all because it is for the fans. And of course, the manager has a, has a huge part to play. But to hear him to say that, you know, and to not make it all about me when perhaps others made it all about them. Um, I think that was a real, yeah, a real stark moment. And I was just watching that back the other day. And remember at the time, and obviously we, we commented on it, but we looked time and time again, probably since after Christmas, that, you know, the connection that Ange Postecoglou's had with the fans and in games, you know, up at Tanadice, um, just at the weekend there at Dingwall, he's always the last off the park, connecting and really, really, you know, getting familiar with the Celtic fans. But that has been there since day dot. Mm. Um, and I think that's where 
the the confidence then came from the fans because you know this guy gets us and he gets what this club's about. He does. You, you, the big thing for me as well when you go back to the early days, Amy, <clears throat> is often we are criticised for getting on Angie's back in the early days, and I always go back to some of the the mainstream kind of attitudes that. Let's be honest, I don't I don't think he's getting as much credit as he deserves at this moment in time. But back then, you've got a very popular show uh, talking about that video, which has become the famous video of the Miked Up Session. Uh, and the particular show I'm talking about has ex-professionals on it, and they're going on about, why is everybody getting excited with this? I mean, what what is he saying? What is he saying that's so earth-shatteringly uh, forward-thinking? And they were criticising the fact that Celtic had recorded it and put it out there and us as fans were lapping it up because we loved it from the moment we heard them um, in that particular session. But I remember the criticism at the time and those same people have lauded Ange since and been given access to Ange since. Um, And then you've got uh, another well-known Scottish journalist who used the acronym of Angie's name to say absolutely not good enough. That that is a kind of level um, of ridicule that he was under when he came to Celtic and in the early months of his time at Celtic. I think the from what I've seen and and this is no disrespect to any other platforms out there. Just we're pretty busy um, kind of looking after our own broadcasts and that, Amy, and uh, sometimes also looking after kids at the same time. For anyone who watched the pre-match yesterday. <laughs> um, And he he did completely wind me up. Uh, And the thing is, I I don't think anybody went and studs up, you know, even when we'd won three out of six league games uh, and three away defeats, etc., etc., there was criticism. You're going to be criticised, no matter who you are, in terms of uh, your profile in the Celtic manager's chair, if you're winning 50% of your games. And there was always this notion that he's going to have to start winning games now. But he himself has alluded to that. It wasn't good enough, but he made it good enough. And when you're going out, as we do, up to 12 times a week uh, consistently, there are going to be moments where also where people get things wrong. So I know that, um, you know, Yakimakis has been criticised on this podcast. Um, Starfelt has come in for criticism. I think Greg Taylor has probably been criticised, yeah. I mean, you know, these players have had criticism over the piece, but that's football, and you call it as you see it at that particular time. Then they prove you wrong, and that's brilliant, and you're delighted, and they continue to prove us wrong. One player who I think we took to our hearts from the very first uh, press conference was Jota. Um, And it's interesting how you, you take a player who has got no association whatsoever with Celtic Football Club. I mean, I I tried to find the tenuous link between Lisbon and him, and he was well aware of the Lisbon lines and all that. Remember, we got the chance in the presser. Um, And he spoke about swapping a a scarf when Celtic played Benfica. He had a Celtic scarf at home. It was great. That was Hamish's uh, question. I'm not trying to get um, credit for that. But Jota has been absolutely sensational, and he's also gone off the boil a wee bit. And I think that yesterday... He was out and out the man of the match. He threatened um, to be back to his best, I think, against St Johnston. Maybe dipped a wee bit against Rangers. as much to do with the way we were playing. And then yesterday I thought he was brilliant. I mean, the chances he was serving up time and time again. 
And the big question is, will he stay and become a bona fide Celtic hero, Amy? You asked me this last week, and I I'll said, ask you every week. Yeah, no, no. You this is you asked me this last week, right? And I said, you know, you should still absolutely still sign him just after yesterday's performance, uh, or after this was after last week. Um, I was like that. I think it, it's still a, a paramount signing. Um, I did say that I think if you have to prioritise one or the other, you've still got to prioritise prioritise Carter Vickers but last week I still said that you should sign him the amount of comments we're talking about comments that came in do you know one said he's the Portuguese Mikey Johnston so we're talking yeah we're talking about revisionism and you know and this isn't like um, trying to go but absolutely perhaps got um, said things at the time that I wouldn't have said now about Ange Postacoglu but just last week I was getting absolute pelters for saying that Jota should we should absolutely still sign him because folk were saying last week well then you know he's not this he's not that um, like I say the Portuguese Mikey Johnson's the one that stood, uh, stood out and I was just sitting back and like wow you know it's maybe one dip and if you actually watched the game back last week don't recommend it. Um, but he wasn't anything, you know, his decision making wasn't great, but he was still on the ball one hell of a lot and it, there wasn't a lot of options in front of him. Anyway, let's go back to yesterday instead now. Um, he was absolutely terrific and there'll be no Portuguese Mikey Johnson comments coming through today, I can assure you. Um, you know, the that cross for the for the first goal for Kyogo, that's delicious. The, the space that he creates for himself and I think that's actually... We're seeing so much of Jota doing so well um, on the right. And I know that's obviously not where he's supposed to be. And that's what I would have loved to have seen last week with Maeda on the left and Jota on the right. Um, and that's not hindsight's wonderful thing. It's what I called my team. Um, but I think that even just that shows why he's such a paramount signing because there you go. Yesterday was operating on both flanks. And you wouldn't, if you asked a neutral to watch that, Tell me which flanks is his weaker side. You know which one is he not supposed to be on. You would never have known, um, and I think that's as well adds to why you know week in week out. When you ask me, I will say Celtic have to sign him because we're talking about strength and depth. You know we say it with Juranovic, why it's so crucial that he is you know he's your your best right back, but he's also at, was at a time getting called your best left back. Although that is. 100% um, Greg Taylor and that there's no two questions about that but what a you know a, a vilified really or a, a verified sorry kind of replacement Juranovic is because he's just so good on both and there's nothing wrong with having Juranovic's in the team and having you know Jota's on the team that can play in a few positions Maeda can play through the middle or on the left as well as we've seen so I think it shows why he is so crucial and yesterday he was just back you know he was pulling all the strings um he was just so light on his feet you know, maybe sounds a silly thing to say but he was just creating so much space for himself i think he really operates well with matt o'reilly i think o'reilly they don't congest too much he reads the play very well you know there's always a, a, a decent distance between them but i just thought he was uh, exceptional yesterday and you know rightly man of the match um and yeah, I loved him receiving the Man of the Match award. That's going to have a few good memes, and it's already been pulled out last night. I think there's a there's a few terrific ones out there. Yeah, uh, they don't wait long, do they, Amy? The thing with Jota as well is, um, of course, you've mentioned the fact that he's switching left and right, um, and I think that is crucial uh, as well. I mean, it seems a bit cruel on Mikey. Uh, I know that his Celtic career might be in question come the summer. Yeah. But um, when you've got a player like Jota, I'm looking at his um, history, the amount of games he's played. He's still young, of course. Uh, this is the best run of games he's had in senior football. So when he 
comes to the end of the season, I'm pretty sure he'll have a number of options available. Whether or not Benfica will be one of those options to go back there and, and fight for a place, I don't know. But there'll be a number of clubs who will be interested in a player who's played um, in a successful team on a European level and the most football he's ever played um, as a senior footballer. And that's a, that's a similar thing with Carter Vickers. So I think what we're presenting to him is this is your platform um, and this is how you're going to be involved with a successful team. This is what we'll be able to offer you in terms of European football. And, you know, also with that carrot, of there will be a bigger move two or three years down the line. And I hope it's enough. I hope it's enough. Because even if our experience with Jota is as fleeting as two or three seasons, we need to make it more than one. You know, we look back on some players in the past who weren't here for that long. And we, we think back about their time with the club in glowing kind of terms and reverence. And I think that Jota, if he was to leave at the end of this season, it would always be a what-if kind of player, you know, because he's he's abs- he's got absolute bags of talent. Um, and talking of talent, one of the, I guess, uh, one of the surprises, perhaps, was the fact that Kyogo, who he set up, of course, um, started started at, at the weekend. And at the beginning of the game, when we were talking about the team, Kevin McCluskey and I spoke about how it will be part of Andy's management plan of Kyogo to get him back to up to speed and we thought you know if he's going to start maybe it's a 60 minute performance which it turned out to be but within that 60 minutes he scores a goal he scores a perfectly good second goal you know talking about O'Reilly what a pass and he, he probably missed a couple of harder chances he could have had a hat trick um, we've missed Hugo uh, massively what did you think about the offside goal Amy and one of the big questions does he start against Rangers Oh, that's a totally different question. Let's go back to yesterday first. Um, I thought it was exceptional. And again, on another day, he does have a hat trick. That offside goal, you know, it's the same with Maeda. Maeda's obviously we never even up, um, never got to see him take the shot. But you know, he's onside in the second half as well. Um, he, he's the um, the guy right at the very back. Don't know who the players can't remember it. But um, yeah, he's he's a mile onside. So there was a few instances yesterday, um, but. It was. It was. I was really surprised. It was great to see him back, but I was really surprised. I really, really, really favoured Yakimakis yesterday because I thought, right, Andrew will be thinking ahead to next week. Because I would still say, I think against Rangers, I would want Yakimakis. I, I really, you know, Ibrox a few weeks ago, I thought he was absolutely exceptional, absolutely exceptional. So it's a real conundrum now because I think that was the curveball. Not even. And that's, again, that's wrong of me because I should have just been thinking about the game yesterday. But you've got to always just have that one little thought, thinking ahead, thinking, oh, that, does that send signals for next week? But Kyogo's, you know, putting out a fantastic 60-minute performance. I think if he is, not, I'm not even going to say it's not match fitness, just, you know, having more game time under his belt, he does have a hat-trick. I think Laidlaw's made a few decent saves as well. Mm. Um, you know the one really from close range where he has the howler and he spills the, the really rather weak shot. Kyogo, if anywhere else, you know, Laidlaw does pull out pull out a decent save there to to save his bacon. But um, other than that, you know, he, he was getting into all the right places. It was great to see his link up with Maeda as well because you know we've not really seen obviously a, a lot of that. But there was a little interchange and it was beautiful in the first half. Um, and again, I think the shot, I think that one blazed over. You saw a few of that. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really, really decent sixty minutes from from Kyogo. Took his goal, 
carefully. You know, his vision was um, in his movement. But, you know, when you're getting a ball like that literally put on the plate for you, then it's it's not too too difficult. But it does set, yeah, a really tough one because he's not done his chances any harm by putting in a really solid 60 minutes to start next week. But I, I really find that tough because I... I really do fancy Yakimakis, the physical strength mm-hmm. and presence. I think that's what we were really, really lacking last week against Rangers and I just feel that you know that that's the way to go but oh, I, I honestly I don't know. I don't know. It's massive and the question is either or isn't it? It's not yeah. as though we can fit the pair of them in because Kyogo's not as effective on the left from what I've seen. Right. I mean, I had concerns about left-hand side um, beyond Jota. I thought there was a massive Mikey Johnson uh, being the backup at that point. But now we've got Maeda, who I think is an able replacement on the left, or they can switch left and right. On the right-hand side, I feel just as comfortable. You've got Jota, you've got Abada, and you've got Forrest. No problem at all. But through the middle, it's one or the other. It's Yakimakis or Kyogo. Let us know what you think in the comments section. I agree with Amy. I think that the the fixture suits Jakimakis, but Kyogo's coming back. He's given us a a wee bit of the um, a, a reminder of the absolute you know superb ability that he has. Um, who'll frighten Rangers more at the back? That's a big question. And again, you know it could well be that sixty minutes Jakimakis tormenting them, and then you bring on the hidden weapon yeah. of Kyogo for thirty. It's a great option to have. But who does? And start with. Let us know in the comments section. Kyogo has been a revelation, even though he's been out for two spells in his debut season. Scott Howe, Kyogo, not even fully fit as well. I think he will start against them on Sunday and score a couple. Um, wouldn't it be great to see either him or Yakamakis scoring? Or even Starfelt, he's still not scored. I've not mentioned it that often on here. Um, we've also got IH Decorating coming in. I think they are based locally because I see their vans kicking around the Dalkeith area. Welcome back. Yes, definitely. They've got like a wee stag's head on the van. Uh, a wee bit of advertising there for you, gents. I would happily settle for a draw on Sunday. It doesn't damage us in any way. A win would be great, but a draw kills them. This is a big thing because I've got it in my mind. This laser focus is obviously rubbing off on me from Ange. We go out and we win on Sunday. Um, but you're right, a draw's not a disaster. A draw's fine. We just, you know, it means we need one more win from our remaining fixtures. Um, but we will talk about the Rangers game in a wee bit more detail as we go on. Urban Culture will come back to the show. I had to take out the subscription, but looking forward to telling them to ram it today. I think you're talking about someone else, not a Celtic state of mind, Durban Culture, because you're on here every day. You might be talking about one of the broadcasters who are potentially showing the game, but welcome back. And Paul McLean, good thing is, all forward options are available for next week. That should be a daunting thought for any opponent. How different is this, Amy, to looking at the bench, particularly in Europe, and having no attacking options whatsoever? We now have a situation where you're looking at that bench and you might have someone like Abada, you might have Yakamakis, Tommy Rogic, all depending on who gets selected for the game. Um, but that's something that Ange has not had the luxury of. So when you're looking at that 28-game unbeaten league run, he's been dealing with um, things that have not been as luxurious as they are now, situations like, who can I throw on to win this game? Yeah, you know, you, you look at just that triple substitution yesterday... You're telling me no manager would want that, you know, to have that strength and depth on the bench that, you know, a bad Yakimakis and Rogic walk into pretty much any other side in this division, um, in this country. So, yeah, the 
the numbers that now that he has and the personnel at his disposal, you know, what what a dream. And he, to be honest, deserves it. Um, he, he had a, a really tough time right at, the, at the, the beginning of his tenure. He had a tough time after, as we say, after the um, the winter break and the, the little postponement. Um, but he's... Yeah, he's finally now got his his full squad, you know, and that's even later as well, bringing on David Turnbull. Um, mm-hmm. So they're all creative options as well, you know, like as you rightly said. Remember the days when you were filling it with, you know, defenders, a few defensive midfielders, and and that was basically it. And, and now you've got so many attacking options. Um, and, and, and I know folk will say it, that's without, you know, young Karamoko Dembele, young, um, you know, even not even having that shock conclusion. These are fully, you know, fledged first team members here that are making up a really, really strong bench, and it can probably feel really rightly hard done by the fact that they're maybe not in the starting lineup. You know, they've not done an awful lot wrong. Abada's not done an awful lot wrong. Rogic, you know, was had two men on him at every single occasion last week, so there was not an awful lot he could do. And yeah, Yakimakis, there was maybe a part of him that thought he could start. Um, because of the run that he had pre-injury. So it's not even that they're just making up the numbers. These are guys that, you know, the the, the rotation that Ange Postacoglu can apply if he wants to is, is really rather frightening. But in saying that, Celtic do still need to strengthen in the summer. There are still a few positions. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fantastic for him. And it's, it's coming at this time of the season that, you know, he said his sides always, you know, they get stronger, they get better in the end of the seasons when you'll see the best out of them. And now that he has all his basically his full squad back, um I don't know you're, you're I don't who who's missing your saying Chris Julian, but that's just a whole other enigma really right now. That is one crazy, crazy situation that nobody really has any light on. You know, you ask anybody within the club, anybody who thinks that they have a kind of insight at the club Nobody has a scooby what's happening there. Um, but other than that, yeah, he has everything, basically, that he could want at his disposal. You know, the, the Julian thing, like you say, um, we really don't know the ins and outs of it. It's very disappointing. The fact that he was not included on the bench yesterday would suggest that it's curtains, but uh, we shall see. We shall wait and see. I mean, Idiguchi wasn't on the bench. He's got a completely different set of circumstances facing him this pre-season. Um, but when we look at the the options and the fact that we've, we've kept this laser focus, I always go back to that St Mirren game away from home where we just couldn't break them down. We had all the possession, Amy. I think Abada started through the middle. We had Moffat on the right, Mikey Johnson on the left. That was our front three. Um, and no options on the bench. Absolutely no options uh, on the bench. And you think to yourself that um, we still managed to keep the unbeaten run going despite that um, and still managed to get um, a result of sorts, which has turned out to be an important point at this stage. Stephen Farrell, champions again, ole ole boys. Yes, from the red card boys, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. And Gary Melrose is talking to Scott Howe of a strong set of officials clamped down on the wrestling and kicking early doors I think you're right Scottish officials though so it has to be GG and all in wrestling instead talking about who starts talking though about the officials uh, and linking this into Tony Ralston four minutes on the clock he's absolutely clattered it's the second from Callaghan who I think is their hard man I think he, he He's a self-proclaimed hard man of the Ross County side. Um, he's gone through McGregor, he's gone through Ralston. And we spoke about this yesterday. I know that you're a big fan 
But Tony Ralston gets him back in 15 minutes in old school football, going through a player really, really hard but fair, which was great. Got a wee cheer from the fantastic travelling support. Uh, circumstances aren't ideal, but how happy are you that Ralston is going to be in for the running? Yeah, I'm delighted, personally. Um, he's more than able, you know. It's not now, I appreciate, I will, you know, succumb to it that Juranovic is a better player. Um, he is, you know, the, the attacking prowess as well. Everything, you know, Juranovic is a fully fledged internationalist for a reason for Croatia. Um, he's still, I think it's crazy, I think he is probably the signing of the, the summer transfer window for price wise. Um, obviously, Joe Hart's different, but. You know, value for money, Juranovic, you're you're easily spending double that for him. And I don't think many folk would even bat an eyelid at that. I think he's exceptional. But Ralston gives 110% for the shot every single time. Um, and it's not even just that. You know, he does perform really rather well. He's not too bad going forward himself either. He likes to, he's very good at winning a corner. Perhaps not always getting his cross ball into the box, but he's very good at winning a corner. Um but yeah, I liked the tackle because yeah, Ross Callahan's been like that for you know since his Hearts days. Hamilton Aki's he's, he's always had that in him. Um, and I thought it was a horrendous tackle to be honest mm. with you. Um, many others wouldn't have uh, got up the way that that Ralston did. Um, I think many would have liked to have put in the challenge then that Ralston then did so. But yeah, perhaps at a different period of time in the game. Not that that should matter. I don't think too many could um, say that that's not a red. It's high. Um, and there's no really attempt for the ball. Um, it's it's not a great uh, tackle at all, and he knew exactly what he was doing. I think there was a few occasions that... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Not, I'm not actually going to say that he was lucky to stay on the park because I do think he, he ended up controlling himself quite well, Callahan. But there was a few that, you know... Maybe we're just teetering that there was a little bit of venom in, but hey ho, that that's um, there's been a hell of a lot of worse decisions this season. But yeah, Ralston, I'm I'm really happy for him. I'm really chuffed for him because he had a hell of a lot of doubters. Um, I just go back and look at like the quote tweets. Quote tweets are my favourite thing. They're brilliant. Um, last year, and I just sit back now, and if I'm feeling a bit down about myself, I'll go back and look at them because they make me really happy. Um, and some of the comments that I got for, for sticking up for them, and I'm just like, wow, that's me. What in God's name is he getting? You know, there was folk that thought that he shouldn't be anywhere near the club at all. But whatever's happened over the summer in particular, he has totally and utterly bought into Ange Postecoglou. And that was said, you know, remember, that was said at the beginning that perhaps two of the players that had bought into it the most were Anthony Ralston and Anne Greg Taylor. Um, 
and he likes, as I said, he likes getting forward. That's what I'm, um, I'm saying. You know, when he's he's winning corners and whatnot. But I, I am delighted for him that he's going to again be playing a, a really crucial part because he's played a, cru- a crucial role this season. As much as Juranovic has been great, and absolutely exceptional, has been times where he has been in and out. And you know, there was a period that I think did Juranovic have a little injury. Ralston came in, and you know, then Ralston's great form managed to keep him on the bench. You know, and that's not sentimentality because Andrew Postacoglu is not a man of sentimentality in the sense that you play your best eleven every single time. Um, which is why, again, I think not perhaps sentimentality is not the right word for this one, but you know, I was really surprised to see Rio Hatati in the lineup yesterday. So he obviously still believes, despite what Hatati said during the week, that you know that that's still his his best um, start in eleven. So. I'm delighted for Tony Ralston. I'm really delighted. I think he's silenced a lot of his critics and he had a lot of critics. Um, and yeah, he is deserving of, of everything that comes this season and, and the future at his time at Celtic. He can even, you know, scalp a ball at the, at the park <laughs> uh, with a so-called pass and nobody bats an eyelid. It's great. Um, but you're talking about, you know, that hard-hitting tackle. The other guy that was on the end of one of them uh, was, of course, Callum McGregor. And I think of this season... And I've said this quite a few times: how much a player can be so consistent that you you sometimes take take their their performances for granted. But Callum McGregor, he's still running about with the face mask on due to the the eye socket injury that he sustained um, a few months back. You've got that Callaghan and um, tackle, and what I loved about it is McGregor gets back up as if look son you're going to have to try harder than that he'd done the exact same against Lundstrom, didn't he? That's when sweet, he yeah. went through him, uh, you've had poachers drawing blood on McGregor this season and at Tynecastle Halliday trying to break his ankle and I think that he as a captain has come through quite a bit of a journey himself this season Amy and he looks to me as though he has inherited this laser like focus from Ange there's nothing going to stop Callum McGregor from winning this league this season is that the vibe you're getting from uh, Callum he's so focused this season it doesn't matter what you throw at him isn't it yeah, I don't know if this massless restricted vision's just made the laser focus even tighter. But um yeah, he's he's my player of the season. He really is. And I think you you've really hit the nail on the head there that it's the consistency. Um and I don't know, maybe we are just kind of taking it for granted now. And I think that's perhaps why he actually does deserve player of the season because he just time and time again and I think when you go so under the radar but you're not like you're not under the radar because when you're watching it, you can see everything. But you know he doesn't pick up man of the match awards. Um, that's not really that that's not really something that, that's prone to him because it's always you know who scores goals, who's been a bit flashy. But it's not that Cal McGregor maybe puts in a nine out of ten performance. You know every single. Um, or sorry, put us in our 9 out of 10 performance every now and again that then makes him a, a man of the match award, but it's the consistent 8, 8.5, you know, and that is a, a a really, really high standard that he, you know, consistently puts in. And my God, there's a, a fair few 9s in there as well. He just controls everything, you know, and we're saying that, again, Hatati is evidently tired, he's admitted it himself, God love him. Um but that's even you know, that's increasing Cal McGregor's workload because it's a it's a midfield that he's really, really happy to control. But just everything he has totally encapsulated. We're talking about um, you know, Ralston, you know, silencing critics. Cal McGregor had a fair few critics during the summer as well that he was not captain material. Um and 
I, I, I did advocate for him. Um, I have to say, I, I even, I, I did, I wrote a piece on it because I really, really believed that he did have that in his locker and that he could move on and take on over from from Scott Brown. And you're saying that he's bought into, you know, Ange Postecoglou's laser vision. He really took on everything that Scott Brown done in the midfield as well. Just, you know, that everything that you have to be to be a Celtic captain. Uh, I think Cal McGregor just, you know, his his, um, his interviews, the way he conducts himself on the park, off the park, everything is just almost coming so naturally to him. And it's not going to be a, a natural thing because, you know, this is a huge pressure you're taking on, especially in this season of all seasons. Um, but he's, he's taking it in his stride and there's a real pride in that stride that he does have the armband. Um, because yeah, it can't be easy that you know there's players that weren't even signed and they were saying that right, he's the next Celtic captain. You know, he's not even at the club. Um, and yeah. that was the kind of stuff that was coming in not it this was. season, but in a couple of months. And you know, then Joe Hart did walk in the door and thought, right, well, there's there's your captain. And you're like that. Just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of respect actually to McGregor, but he's he's managed to silence any of those um, claims that he was not captain material because. He is um, more than enough, a more than um, valid Celtic captain. He definitely is. McGrory actually says, Eddie who? Yeah, <laughs> you're right, because it was a player that Eddie Howe was supposedly going to be bringing to Celtic, who was a ready-made captain, uh, overlooking the fact that we had one at the club already in Callum McGregor. Sean McAteer, Sunday, the day we put one hand on the trophy. Hail, hail, Axon. I hope you're right, Sean. I mean, it is... One of the things we've been talking about, we also spoke about a potential treble, of course. Um, we've been talking about winning this league and what it actually means. And McGrory goes on to say, we shame we will get the 40 million they bet on. There is um, a completely different um, scenario, not just for Celtic, because obviously the success that we get um, from winning the league, getting the, the league title back, you know, after it's been loaned out for a year, um, one year in the last decade, Amy. Getting that back is massive. But the Champions League riches, we know uh, that obviously it's not just about the money. And I think that as a fan base, um, you know, we have aspirations. And just spoken about his ambitions in Europe. You want to actually make an impact. It's not just about getting the big checks and then getting hammered all over Europe. Uh, nobody wants to see us getting beat. Um, and, you know, we have. We've been beaten well by some big, rich clubs. Uh, but there's also the secondary impact of what that does to our nearest challengers, Rangers, Amy. And it's going to be massive because I do think that um, when you're looking at uh, where we were at the beginning of the season, they themselves had aspirations. They themselves, I believe, looking through Twitter and, and um, some of the kind of uh, resultant tweets over the weekend, they didn't expect this to happen. And as a club, I think they have banked on winning the league and having that um, £40 million bounty at the end of it. It is absolutely massive, but there is the, the knock-on effect, of course, to, to Rangers as well. But again, Ange won't be thinking about that. He'll be thinking about uh, Celtic and only Celtic. Urban Colchi, Paddy, is the picture signed? Worth more than a few years with a signature? Well, he has, and it's signed in beautiful silver ink. Look at that. Thank you very much. We like gifts in here at uh, the studio. We do like a gift here and there. Signed jerseys are uh, preferred, so send them in as well. No much more no, you're right. Although the walls will be filled very soon. I just haven't remembered my toolbox. John Duncan, journey almost complete. 
part one of the journey. Because we kept hearing that Ange Postacoglu takes you on this journey, but it's it's season two where you see the real team click into place. And if this is this is just part of the journey, then I can't wait till we go into part two, which is where we see the real Ange Postacoglu team. But going on back on a point you said earlier, we do have a lot of players surplus to requirements in the squad. First team players, expensive players on big wages, that if we are able to move them on, replace them with players who are contributing, who are pushing for a jersey, um, then I think what we will then see next season is us taking it to another level entirely. Can you imagine? Not only do we have the, the two teams that we actually seen because there was a team on the bench against Rangers, you remove the guys that aren't contributing and you replace them with people who are going to be pushing for a first-team jersey. I mean, it's a mouth-watering kind of prospect, Amy. And I think that with the recruitment we've seen already, if we get another four or five bodies in like that, then, you know, it is something that we'll be looking at. And I know we're not going to win the, the European Cup, as I still call it, but at least punch your weight. We've not been punching our weight for several, several seasons. But you just have to look at what Rangers have done in the Europa League and I'm, I'm not comparing myself in terms of I want to be like them, but they have shown what can be done in Europe. And we need to start doing that as of next season. Would you agree with that? Is it too soon for Ange? No, 100% has to be. Um, and he'll be more than aware of that. You know, I said earlier that, yeah, I get told I'm a glorified Celtic fan and all of this stuff, but I've never seen a half-decent European run. You know, we were speaking about this last week, that the greatest, obviously, I've seen was under Lennon and then, obviously getting hammered by Juventus um, and getting knocked out but other than that you know yeah a three-all draw against Man City but there's not been a a great venture that you know I can sit back and go that was enjoyable Um, really really punching so so below our weight and have been for so long Brendan Rodgers couldn't get a a foothold in Europe um, and there's there's no two ways about that Um, and it is about time you know and Again, we, we spoke about after the show last week when we were speaking about Rangers um, European ventures. We, you do have to look at it, of course you do, because well, one, affects this current season, but you know they're, they're managing to do that in the Europa League and, and get to these stages on you know, their, their squad's not any really much better than ours. Um, in fact, right now it's not, I, would, I don't think it, our, their squad is better than ours, um, hence why the table looks as it does. But they're managing to do something in Europe that we've not done in you know years, uh, years upon years, and really make a bit of a noise in Europe. Um, you can say that they've had a half-decent run, they've came up against teams that have maybe been in a bit of a purple patch at the time, but you know, you're going to get those breaks, sometimes you're not. We don't make those kind of strides in Europe that the Rangers have, and this is this has been coming probably the last few seasons. I've had decent European runs that started under Gerard. He couldn't crack, crack the league at the time, but he could crack Europe. Um, and you have to look at it and think, right? Well, it's not now. We've maybe hid behind the excuse that we don't have the extreme money that other clubs in other countries have. Rangers are managing to do it in within the same division as us. So you have to look at that and think, right, why aren't we making any kind of, you know, noise? That's, that's the word that I can use because we don't we don't make a dent in, in anything in Europe right now. Um, you really are very much a participator and, and that's kind of it. And I'm not going to say making up the numbers, but certainly not, you know, making any kind of... Um, 
just kind of, look, we're here. I don't know the last time anybody would have really thought, right, Celtic are here in Europe because it's just not the, the way that things have been going recently. So that's where it has to come from. And that's the frustration, I think, over the last decade, really, that, yes, and I'm not taking anything away from the, the domestic achievements because they are incredible and I don't think they ever will be matched. But during that time, it's kind of rested and, and did not make any any improvement in Europe, we actually regressed. Because if you look at when, you know, it started and under Neil Lennon, you know, that's the last European runs that I'm talking about in the Champions League. Um, so in in the last decade, you ha- we have regressed in Europe and it's about time that, you know, you make that kind of impact. And Ange Postacoglu wants to make that impact in Europe as well. You know, there was a reason that why nobody knew who he was because he hadn't cracked Europe, conquered Europe, participated in Europe so that is where he will next want to be and and he'll have every you know we're talking about belief earlier not an ego but a belief he will have the belief that he can you know make a side in Europe no he will I, I love the fact that he's got this belief that whilst the manager of Australia he could win the World Cup and I, I love that level of belief because he's there to compete he's there to make this mark and make this noise um, Keith Oakton Hello from Plymouth. Thank you for joining us. And Aero 250, um, I'll be at the Sunday's game. Let's do this. I will be in here at the studio. Uh, Sean McAteer will be watching from Hong Kong. And I hope you enjoy that as well. We've got Robert coming in, regular contributor. Welcome back, Robert. And John Boy, 1888. Uh, don't want to dwell on last season. But with this team, you know we will always create chances in games. Not a lot of that last year. Absolutely. It got to the point sometimes, Amy, where we just seemed content with just firing shots in from all over the park, often from distance, often way over the bar and often uh, from the boot of Ryan Christie. But it's not been like that this season at all. Ryan McGinley, good afternoon, everyone. This is an interesting point. Where did you start believing that Ange could actually win the league? Well, Ange's team could win the league this season. Aberdeen away, reckons Ryan, uh, with Jota's late winner, was the moment I realised we may be onto something with Ange going to really cherish this title win when it inevitably happens and another thing I would point out is I think there's a lot of fans, I think maybe myself included, who uh, would cite that particular result at Petordre as being the moment where you, you started really believing in Ange Postecoglou so I don't try and revise that you know, you're, you're judging the performances as you see them, but there was something that, that day and a big part of that after the game, after the win, was Ange going up uh, to see the Celtic fans and giving it all this. Um, and we've really taken to him. Uh, remember, if you are watching this video, just for the algorithm, I'm told that you can give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And that helps us. That helps with the views. It helps with us popping up on other people's playlists. We don't have a blog um, that allows us all those clicks on the video uh, because simply, as much as I love writing, Amy, I don't have time to run a blog, unfortunately. If anybody wants, to, we've got a website. If you want to write for the blog, give us a shout. More than happy. More than happy to get you involved. Um, but like and also subscribe to a State of Mind YouTube channel. We've got loads of content coming up. You mentioned earlier uh, Matt O'Reilly. I was impressed with him in the second half against St Johnston. I thought for 20 minutes or so against Rangers, he made a big difference. Rangers got back in the game, unfortunately. And I was asking the question leading into this game at the weekend, is it O'Reilly or Rogic? Or could they possibly play together? That was shot down in flames. Ange goes for O'Reilly at the weekend there. I think that 
he's a he's a creator. He is a creator of chances. I mean, the 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 pass that he makes to Kyogo for the goal that was ultimately chopped off was unbelievable. If you watch it back, superb. He's been described as a two-touch player. Amy, that's all he needs is a two touches. That Tommy Rogic loves to have that ball glued to his toe and it's it's mesmerising at times when he goes for a run and he doesn't lose it. O'Reilly's more of an impact. You know, he gets the ball, he releases it and the passing's unbelievable, both feet. Um, but the big question again, and I'm going to ask you, does he play? Does he start against Rangers? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's coming from basically Tom Rogic, his biggest fan as well, who I do think turns up in the big games. Um, so I will not be surprised if it is Tom Rogic next week. But I thought Matt O'Reilly was outstanding yesterday again. And I think he can feel really hard done by last week. Said that I know that just sounds so repetitive. But I felt last week he could have because of how good he was the week before against St Johnston. Um this is me being such a, a pick up on the pernickety me things, but you know, really, I, I love Justin about Matt O'Reilly. So um, it was it's the first goal, and you can just see it in the in the camera angle. So Kyogo celebrates, Matt O'Reilly's there, and Jota puts his hands up in the air to celebrate, but then he starts to walk back to the you know to the halfway line basically, and doesn't go over initially and celebrate. And you, the camera cuts to Matt O'Reilly, and you can see him like doing the bring it back in, and he. He brings Jota into the celebrations, and it's the tiniest little thing like that. Never done anything with the ball, but that's yesterday for me. And I thought, wow, that is just that's that extra edge. I'm like, you've got it, and he does get it because he's from from the second he came in, um, you know, talking about the fans at Tynecastle, then the fans after um, at Celtic Park. You know, he's just he is loving it, um, and this is. Kind of talking earlier about you know that this is the first time that um, that Jota's had thirty games, twenty odd games in a season. Even um, first time Cameron Carter Vickers has had anything near this amount of game time. Matt O'Reilly, this was a guy who yeah he was he was loved at MK Dons. There, there's no two ways about that. But before that, this was a guy who was totally without a club. Um, mm. You know, things he's not had the most loved career in the world you know he's not been molly cuddled and had always had an arm put around him and always had a club and always had you know an adoring fan base um and, and this is what he's getting right now and you can see it and this is a guy who i'm going to say it's 21 years of age as well and he is younger than me um and i don't like that but he's just you know he plays so he's, he's so mature in his in, in, in everything actually i was going to even just say in his style and play it's absolutely everything and the the kind of going back to you know pulling Jota in yesterday that's a maturity that no you know we celebrate together um, and everything is a team effort and just because it's 1-0 against Ross County doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate and that you shouldn't you know get this kind of reaction don't walk back to the halfway line you'll walk back to the halfway line once we've united and and then we can go and, and go again and that is um, yeah that that's what I loved more than anything about O'Reilly yesterday yeah it he is, and for one and a half million quid. We keep saying it. I mean, who, who do you get for £1.5 million these days? It is astonishing. It's been a brilliant bit of business. I think we're still to see the best of him uh, because, again, he's been in and out of the side due to the fact that we do have two players vying for the same jersey. Peter Caliero, uh, the most sense spoken in the early days of Axom, came from Jared from Celts Down Under. Yes, um, I think that there was a realisation early doors that uh, we needed to get the experts on Australian football and on Japanese football. 
and Darren Orowitz, I think, um, has appeared on every broadcast available. He's a very uh, decent uh, individual who has a great knowledge of Japanese football. And he came in, and Jared came in, and Jared was so impressive that he appears on on the way, on the broadcast on a regular basis now, Peter, um, and a lovely fella as well. And he's going to enjoy Thank Celtic you. when we go over there uh, to play in the Ange homecoming. Uh, Jungle lying. Happy Monday. We like the happy Mondays. Hope the club go with Glasgow Derby and cinch signs <laughs> everywhere and on the match day program. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, turning up with tape for the cinch signs, don't get me started. There's certain things, Amy, in Scottish football that you think, does this happen elsewhere? Does this possibly happen elsewhere? You know, it's frightening. Alan Robertson, I've got to bring this up. Willie Faulkner flashbacks. Alan, did you sing sing at Hamden Park, Ua Willie Faulkner? Because I did. I remember him scoring a goal from about 40 yards against Motherwell. And he was, you know, it was incredible. Those were dark days. I've seen um, big Jim Slavin playing for Celtic that season. Barry Smith, um, a guy, John O'Neill. There was a boy played for Celtic that season called Michael Craig. I, I remember there was a conversation a couple of weeks back, Celts who you'd forgotten about. Yeah, Look yeah, up yeah. Michael Craig. Michael Craig played for Celtic against Meadowbank Thistle that season, ladies and gents. It was, it was a forgettable season in many, many ways. But... Um, as I say, every time I'm at Hamden, I look over at the seat that I used to sit on and I remember how far we have progressed as well. Now, we're talking, um, and I can't let you go without we talk about the uh, the big game Celtics title party. Will it be Celtics title party, Amy? And tell me, changes, if any, you would make to yesterday's starting lineup. Oh, don't ask me. Um, I don't know on Yakimakis and Kyogo, I really don't find a way to play them both no don't um i have no idea and i get it's not even going to be a disappointment whoever it is it's and that's what we're talking about the strength and depth i wouldn't be surprised if it's tom rogich even though i've just made the case for matt o'reilly um i would like to see maeda on the left and i would like to see jota on the right i think that really worked yesterday and i think i really would like that um just thinking about who the you know you're thinking about the opposition and I just would love to see Maeda you know just running on the left um and, and really causing hassle and yeah whoever it is if it's Kilgore or, or Yakimakis I don't think I'll be disappointed either way if it was me I would go Yakimakis um but then I would have started Yakimakis yesterday then so who knows maybe it's mind games um but your your back four speaks for itself Midfield, that's an interesting one though, because, like I say, I, Rio Hatati's burnt out um, and he's admitted that himself. I think there's been a lot of comments coming in about Beaton having a, a little bit of a niggle and, and um, mm. th- th- that, I don't know. I think I would have actually started Beaton um, perhaps, but that's one that will need to be looked into a little bit further this week if he's fit or not. And yeah, I just think Hatati's. He wasn't necessarily off it yesterday. There was a few slack passes, but I don't know if maybe I was just particularly looking for that because of how surprised I was that he actually started and he said himself that he's, he's burnt out. I don't think yesterday he looked, you know, off it. Um, I think this, like, the pace and everything was absolutely there. He was still getting in and around the box. Um, but there, there were a few slack passes. But like I say, that was maybe just because I was especially looking at him. Um, so so that could be a little bit of an interesting one. But given that 
Postacoglu started him yesterday and the comments did just come during the week. I wouldn't be too surprised then if Hatati does actually play next week as well. And then, like I say, if it's Kyogor or Yakimakis. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think I would personally like to see, yeah, Yakimakis for 60 and Kyogo for, for the 30. Beaton apparently has... Uh, a bit of an issue. So we don't know if that's an injury or an issue with illness. A bit of an issue. Uh, Robert Highland, the boy I'm talking about was Tommy Craig's nephew. And he was at Celtic at the time. And he was given a game against Meadowbank Thistle. And it was his only appearance. And then he went to Aberdeen. The Hamden season was a strange old year, I'm telling you. Uh, Noel Doran talks about some of the dilemmas that will be faced. Uh, two changes, Yakimakis for Kyogo, Beaton for Hatati if available. I think there are there are three, uh, you know, and I don't think any of them become complacent, but I think the goalkeeper in the back four pick themselves at the moment. Callum McGregor's a, an absolute cert to start. I also think Maida and Jota are certs to start. And then you're asking about the number 10, Hatati, and your centre-forward. And that's going to be the chat all all week, I guess. Um, who will we start with? Will we start with O'Reilly or Rogic? Will it be Yakamakis or Kyogo? Will it be Atati and A and other? Because we don't know if Beton is fit or not. Um, always an absolute pleasure on a Monday. Please um, like the video on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Loads of content coming up. We're interviewing Paul Lambert on Friday and we'll have that on the channel ASAP as well. Thank you everybody for your support and getting involved in the comments section. Thank you once again to Amy Canavan for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. companies 
say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.